This podcast comes from cows not treated with the growth hormone RBST. According to the FDA, no significant difference has been shown between podcasts derived from RBST-treated and non-RBST-treated cows. This is Secret Ingredients with your host, Kate Eirich. Dairy is one of those few food groups that is recommended by the USDA for every person to consume as part of their daily diet. It's found in many different delicious creamy products, including butter, yogurt, milk, and cheese. Of course, you know this, and you also know if you've bought milk in America within the last approximately 20 years that there is a particular substance known as RBST, and many labels will assure you that it is not in your milk. Of course, this seems slightly comforting. Uh, If only you knew what it did. So I decided as a curious consumer to ask some people what exactly RBST was. Um, I have not heard of RBST before this, in the sense that I assume I am probably pronouncing that wrong. I do drink milk and consume dairy products fairly often. I have heard of RBST. It was uh, most likely in a news article online. It was quite a while ago, and I don't remember much about it. Have I ever heard of RBST? Uh, I have not, um, and I know uh, nothing about it. This is the first time I've ever seen it. I don't know what it is, what it does, or whether it's safe uh, for humans. yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not entirely sure about what that is. Uh, sorry. I have heard of RBST, but I'm not really sure where I first heard about it. Like maybe from talking with other moms or, or news or, or something. I don't know where I first heard about it, but I heard that it was, um, causing children to go into puberty sooner. And um, that's because RBST is a uh, growth hormone used in cows. Um, I also know that in the United States is one of the few places that it's still okay to use. So that kind of tells me that perhaps it's not such a good thing if it's not available uh, commercially for for farms and such to use it outside of the U.S. Um, I RBST, I mean, I've seen it on all the milk that I buy. I mean, it's not really that important to me. I mean, I guess it seems bad if they have to add that to everything that they put on it. After getting conflicting answers from my friends, I decided I was going to research this myself. At first, I decided to figure out what exactly it was. So, BST is the acronym for bovine somatotropin, which is also known as BGH, or bovine growth hormone. It's a peptide hormone that is normally produced by cows to regulate metabolic processes. And what that means is that it is a compound that cows make to make sure that they work good. 
1937, two Russian scientists found that cows made this BST stuff, and having more of that BSD injected into them increased milk production without harming the health of the cow. They also found that a little bit after their first treatment, cows' milk production went back to normal. So it meant that if you wanted a cow to produce more milk using BST, you would need to regularly inject them with the hormone. During World War II, English scientists decided to try and use BST to make more milk come out of their cows, but they couldn't get enough of it for cheap enough to be commercially viable. Because at the time, there was only one way to get BST, and it was from a dead cow. There simply wasn't a way to get enough BST from those dead cows to treat a large number of the living ones. In the 1960s, Monsanto decided to try and use biotechnology to make more BST, and funded a small startup company that was already researching gene recombination, which is a process where you take one gene that codes for one particular molecule from one organism, and you put it into the genome of a simpler, smaller organism that grows faster than your original. So that way, that thing that you put the gene into would produce a lot of the compound that you actually wanted. It was in 1973 that Monsanto cut this deal with Genentech, and they started specifically researching recombining the BST coding gene into a bacteria genome so they could produce lots of that BST and market it to dairy farmers. In 1981, they succeeded by cloning the gene into E. coli, which would then be processed after it developed in a bioreactor in order to get that RBST, or recombinant bovine somatotropin, out of the bacteria. Because this RBST was a chemical that was being produced by human beings artificially through something scary called biotechnology that was going to go into our cows that make milk that we drink, it had to be approved by many various government organizations. Of course, Monsanto fought very hard for this approval of their new product, and in 1986, the FDA finally finished their investigations into this product, and they found that there were no safety concerns for humans, and they were ready to approve it for marketing to dairy farmers. Also in 1986, activists against biotechnology efforts fought the approval of RBST, and they fought it hard. It was quickly becoming less a scientific issue and more a political issue in the United States and in the EU. In the United States, Senator Patrick Leahy pushed lots of talks and research into RBST in cows and its safety for humans. And in response to this in 1993, the National Institute of Health held a conference on the safety of RBST, which afterwards it was found to be safe. Later that year, it was finally approved officially for use in the U.S., in the European Union, RBST was determined to be safe in 1990. That same year, however, things were heating up around this hot topic hormone, and they issued a temporary ban on its use despite finding that the RBST was safe for humans. This temporary ban was made permanent in 1999 when Canada put their own ban on using and marketing RBST. But hold on. The European Union found that this was safe. The FDA found that this was safe. The National Institute of Health also found that it was safe. So why was RBST banned? Well, a statement that was issued by Health Canada in 1999 brings up a new dimension to the discussion. The committee's review found no significant risk to human safety through ingestion of products from RBST-injected animals. Among its key findings were that RBST poses no carcinogenic risk that there is little likelihood of increased antibiotic resistance, 
and only a small potential for allergic reactions. The panel organized by the Canadian Veterinary Medical Association, looking at implications of RBST on animal health, cited an increased risk of mastitis of up to 25%, of infertility by 18%, and of lameness by up to 50%. These increased risks and overall reduced body condition led to a 20-25% to increased risk of culling from the herd. The findings of the Animal Safety Committee when combined with the committee's own assessment, made it quite clear that Health Canada had to reject the request for approval to use RBST in Canada, as it presents a sufficient and unacceptable threat to the safety of dairy cows. Health Canada, 1999. These researchers in Canada did find these links to health problems and the treatment of RBST in these cows. And indeed, though a lot of the published research is very conflicting, most studies funded through neutral government research programs found that RBST does pose a risk to the health of dairy cows. The biggest health risks seem to be increased rates of mastitis, which is a very painful infection that occurs in the mammary glands, and rates of cancer. Some studies including an article titled Production Responses to Bovine Somatotropin in Northeast Dairy Herds that came out in 1999, shows that RBST is actually very healthy for cows, and the cows that were treated with it actually died less. Now, that particular article was funded by the Monsanto Corporation, so take from that what you may. It is because of these risks of cancer and other health issues in cows that RBST is banned in many places around the world, but starting in the late 1990s when it was being used in dairy cows and reaching its zenith in about 2008 was a massive public health scare and almost a scandal around this compound. You see, RBST is a growth hormone. Though it is a bovine growth hormone that is neutral in human bodies, it's a growth hormone. And many people hear a growth hormone and the immediate connotations are those of when you hit puberty and you get these hormones surging through your body causing all of these changes and how this growth hormone might be causing people to grow too fast. And it became this very big concern among consumers from both these connotations and scaremongering media that by giving your child milk produced from cows treated with RBST, you are going to cause them to hit puberty too soon. A lot of American consumers began demanding their milk to be hormone-free, RBST-free, or at least to be labeled. This, coupled with the findings of the FDA that RBST is safe for humans, means that often they'll have an RBST label on their milk, but they will also couple it with the statement that no significant difference has been found between milk from RBST and non-RBST-treated cows. However, this statement does cause a slight distrust of the FDA, because it has this connotation that the FDA says it's safe, but we're going to label it anyway. And it kind of causes an issue with a lot of consumers. And there are people in the dairy industry who find this to be a very misleading label. The story of RBST is a case study of the dominance of consumer perception. And honestly, the dairy industry never had a chance. Keep in mind that RBST was really the first product to have such negative press, and the dairy industry wasn't prepared to respond. Consumer groups attacked the technology, and soon re retailers banned the use of the product to appease consumer wishes. Pretty soon, only a handful of producers could legally use the product. You could probably credit RBST with starting absence label marketing, 
As retailers realized the consumers wanted products without RBST, you started to see labels on dairy products like hormone-free or made from cows, not administered RBST. Now it's hard to find any food label without some sort of absence claim. From Mike Opperman, AgWeb Farm Journal. Absence claims are those claims that state that a product doesn't have something in it, such as gluten or GMOs, and they've become very common on food products, as I'm sure anyone who's been to a supermarket any time recently has noticed. RBST was one of those very first products that was advertised as being not in a food. RBST is a substance that has been demonized by the media and in the eyes of the public and ripped apart by scientists for being harmful to cows. But is there a potential that it is good for the environment? A lot of the current research going into RBST and the arguments that are for the use of RBST are from this environmental angle because you can get more milk from less cow. However, there are those studies that have been showing this and they largely come from Monsanto Corporation and other corporations that make RBST. It's very important when you're doing any sort of research to figure out who's sourcing the information that you're getting because oftentimes, depending on different factors, you can influence your research in order to come to a specific conclusion, which of course is not how science is supposed to work, but it can. And the fact that it can be manipulated like this is certainly a topic for another time. Now, there are definitely reasons to avoid RBST due to the health concerns of cows and from an animal welfare perspective. But that public health concern is absolutely a non-starter. And our labeling practices right now don't lead us at all to the information that we need. And the misinformation coming from both corporations that benefit from the use of RBST and sensationalist media that benefits from getting clicked on needs to be addressed. Now, that sensationalist media is dying down, and RBST continues to be limited more and more in milk and marketed against for our consumers. In fact, Kraft made the change from RBST-treated to non-RBST-treated milk in 2019. And these marketing blurbs, though, of course, they're great for the cows involved, should always be taken with a grain of salt. This has been Secret Ingredients, a WNYU production. I would like to give a special thanks to Alex, Jacob, Jeff, Cameron, and Oh So Good for helping with this episode. I'll see you the next time a new ingredient gets listed. <laughs>